0: Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. Today on the podcast, I talk to Honey LeBronx. Honey LeBronx stars in her own YouTube cooking series, The Vegan Drag Queen, and hosts the Big Fat Vegan Radio podcast. An LGBT rights activist, she is committed to bringing discussions about animal rights, intersectionality, and social justice to new audiences. In 2011, she was one of eight activists arrested for blocking New York City traffic while demonstrating for marriage equality alongside her drag mother, Bob the Drag Queen. She has performed around the world raising funds for local animal sanctuaries, rescues, and activist organizations. Out of drag, Honey, Ben Strothman, is an actor, singer, playwright, and theatrical photographer originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This conversation was so good. We literally get into everything, so much so that this is only part one. We will be continuing the conversation and releasing part two next week. Here we go. Sure. So, usually, first of all, thank you for joining me. Oh my God, yeah. And making time. But, second of all, I really like starting. So, the podcast is called Consciously Clueless. And I did that with this space of being like, I'm learning so much. And there's those days where you wake up and you're like, well, I'm conscious. I'm with it. I get it. I'm centered. And then there's those days you wake up and you're like, I'm clueless. I have no idea what's going on. What is the world? Um, And everything in between, like, that's what I want to cover. It's like, that's life. That's all of it. So I like asking people, like, where are you at in this moment on that spectrum of conscious to cluelessness? that's...
1: (laughs) I don't know why that feels like a pop quiz to me, but I'm like, I have so it's much not to a say
0: trick. It's that. not a trap. I have so much to say about that. No,
1: say it all. Um, do you uh, do you need to uh officially like okay, and we're starting in one, two, three, or are you just starting just go. from whenever? Okay. Let's go. Well, if we're gonna if we're gonna just go, I'll start by uh saying that the reason I'm late is And I have ADHD, and if you know anything about me, you know that aside from being vegan and and a drag queen, I have ADHD, and I love spreadsheets, and Mm -hmm. I'm very do-it-yourselfer, and yes, maybe that kind of comes a bit from my own toxic masculinity, like, I'm gonna show how macho I am, (laughs) but I have, like, a full woodworking studio in my small Manhattan apartment, and I recently got into, like, You know what if it's the fifth time i have to cut through steel bars myself with a tiny hacksaw i'm gonna get a dremel and just start doing it so i like making my own soy milk when you make soy milk and you are simmering it the thick skin forms at the top that's called yuba and when i was once making this is all the explanation of why i'm late by the way so these are the i don't tell short stories i wish i could Um, Oh,
0: me neither. I always apologize. (laughs) Like when I'm like, long story short,
1: then I'm like, (laughs) just kidding. Short story long. I think I got that (laughs) backwards. Sorry. Well, I I once followed Miyoko's um, un-turkey recipe, which if anyone's Mm. never done it, I... So recommend it. If for nothing else, the blend of spices and the resulting gravy that you end up making. I don't drink. I'm a person in recovery, 12 years sober. Yay me. I Congratulations. Do, thank you. I now do use wine in my cooking sparingly and only when it's indicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that's okay for everyone in recovery. Right. You do you. If you're in your first five years, just don't even think about it and then whatever. Um, but so you do want to add the, the white wine in her gravy because it does make it. it it's 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 like Elevates. adding the msg it gives it that oh my god what am i eating thing so anyway i've been making my own soy milk and i could give a whole hour i know i'm fascinated
0: by the is. fact that you make your own yeah. soy milk i thought well, i was doing good with oat milk
1: i could ba- oh you make your own oat milk yeah oh i am so sorry do, what, do you need something do you need a, a, a vacation <laughs> you need to sit down for a minute making oat milk is its own whole other thing Mm -hmm. do you strain it through something yeah what
0: just like a, a a cheesecloth like bag
1: oh god i yeah i the first time i made it they said here's the thing about oat." and i don't know who they are but i didn't even meet them but they said the thing about oat milk is it's so hard to strain it because it's just so, it's too fine. It will pass yeah. through cheesecloth or a nut milk bag. So they said you really have to get a clean, uh, like wet, rinsed uh, white t shirt. It's the only thing that's like such a thin mesh that even oat particles won't pass through it.
0: Yeah, oat milk gets great. a little chunky.
1: Oh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. when you strain it through the t-shirt material, you better clear your skin. Like, like how long do you have? Four hours? Because like, it's not passing through on its own. And if you squeeze and apply pressure, that's great. But you're also forcing oat particles out. And when you are done, no matter how much you rinse that shirt and you dry it, you're done with that shirt. Because if you feel that that part of the shirt, it feels like the shirt is wax coated. Like there's a It's still cloth. It's still pliable, but it feels like it's a wax coated cotton, which is actually really expensive wax coated cotton. So maybe we're onto something, but Mm. when you make soy milk, the Yuba skin forms at the top. And I could go into a whole other thing about how I distill my own water. And so I use distilled water, but I also use filtered water before I distill it and blah, 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 the difference that makes. But okay. Okay. I got in, in straining the Yuba, there's a skin that forms around the top and you go in with like chopsticks or something to like break it up and then try to imagine you're trying to get under a flat two-dimensional large circle with two chopsticks to lift it out. It is not going to stay flat. It's not going to hold its shape. And I I imagine like
0: a um, SCOBY of kombucha, like. No, I've heard that. I don't know what that looks like. Okay, never mind. Well, I, mean, I, can I'll, yes, I can Google it. Yes, because that's it what I'm talking. imagining you trying to lift out with chopsticks, and in my head, that doesn't make any sense. But maybe I'm oh,
1: off. Scoby, so it's probably something that, that forms at the top.
0: Yeah, it's like the yeah. it's the um, symbiotic cultures and bacteria and yeast. I think is what it stands for.
1: I'm sure I'm spelling Scoby wrong, but I'm S C O B Y. Ah, I was close. I had a, I had just an uh, an IPN. Um Well, at any rate, oh, I see it now. Oh, wow. oh, god, that looks like a placenta. But um, yes, I've not seen yes, many. Yes, it does. It does. Uh, so I created this in my mind. I was just and if you want to take like a screenshot of this or you Absolutely. want me to take a picture of it so that people can see it in the show notes or whatever. Basically, yes. this is just a wire mesh cooling rack. Like it has like the little fold out legs on the wow. bottom. Well. I went through this whole thing because when you go to like Chinatown and you buy a Yuba, they're usually at least this big. This is probably about 13 inches around circumference. Uh, Circumference? No, diameter 13 inches. And when you buy them, they are folded in half. And then in half again. Okay. So you get them wet and then you're able to unfold them. Because they fold in half and in half again, it makes them a lot easier to store because it's not a huge circle. It's a small folded thing. So I basically took this rack. I cut it, which cutting through steel is difficult. I got these teeny tiny uh, key rings and held the whole thing together so it's hinged. So now I can put this at the bottom of my pot. And just with strings on all four sides, just lift it out so the so the uh, ubiskin just seamlessly lifts out without interrupting its shape, and then fold it that way, and then fold it that way. I'm brilliant. I I win the internet. I win DIY. I love the expression on your face. I appreciate that you're not like uh huh. Uh-huh. So anyway,
0: no, um, I'm just thinking yeah. this is how you monetize your podcast. I mean, this is brilliant.
1: <laughs> well, I also was thinking when I finished this, I'm like, could I make, and I'm like, here's why I will never make another one. The reason <laughs> I'm late is, so I'm cutting through steel. Mm-hmm. Imagine then sitting down on your couch, which is just a few feet away. There were your sparks flying everywhere while you're doing this. Here's the thing. In the moment, there are sparks. Yeah, because it's still that hot. You know, It, it gets hot from the friction. they cool and they land that's just shrapnel i've learned a couple of things when you're cutting through metal when you're cutting through steel especially wear a hat Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, i have mm -hmm. shrapnel in my scalp i got most of it out thank you tweezers um the sparks were kind of flying against my arm the whole time but for some reason that was fine while there are still sparks i'm like they're not but also I had to, every time I sat down on my couch and you would think this would be big enough, you'd see the shrapnel from this can be so small that you don't, you can't see it unless the light catches it. They're almost like tiny hairs.
0: So what I'm hearing is that you also have shrapnel on your ass.
1: I didn't want to say it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, listen, the price of steel, what it is, I'm just saying my ass is that much more expensive. Mm-hmm. But, um. Like there's moments where you're like oh you don't feel it until you move a certain way and then your clothing rubs a certain way and you're like oh there's something in there and uh but so before sitting back down on the couch i had to grab my furniture vacuum, my, my bad furniture my vacuum with furniture attachment and had to, like vacuum all the upholstery before i could sit down because last time i'm like oh i'll just sit down on a towel no shrapnel will go through it anyway but i'm here I relate a thousand
0: percent. (laughs) I bought a short bus and I'm remodeling it to be like a tiny home on wheels.
1: Oh my God. That's my dream. That's my dream. That's my dream. Oh my God.
0: Yes. And I had to cut out every bus seat because of the angle and everything so which felt really badass because i'm like in there and like you know i'm like like real life rosie the riveter you know there's like sparks flying and everything but then i totally like afterwards would be like what the what did i Ow! yeah like like hours later
1: yeah where you're just
0: like oh there's there's stuff in my skin
1: yeah i mean and i'm realizing now i'm like i should wear uh there was a moment I realized while doing this, I'm like, I'm not wearing protective goggles. Those are just my glasses. I'm like, put the goggles on. Yep, 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 yep. Put a hat on. I kept forgetting to put a hat on. I even stopped to get video of it for the Instagram because I'm like, there's sparks flying everywhere. This is cool. badass. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's like a boy or two I'm talking to online and they, every time they see this, they're like, oh my God, you're so macho. You keep getting sexier. You're I'm like, like, who okay. me? I'm going to play up. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to call myself Rosie the Riveter because I'm taking away the sexy points. But um, in those moments, it's like, yeah, I should probably wear like my my new faux leather jacket to protect I any mean, anyway. But i i love the short bus i i where do you live so i
0: live i'm actually weirdly in kansas right now because i'm visiting my best friend from grad school but i'm in i live in minnesota
1: to be in kansas no i'm kidding i know i've never been but i am assuming it holds up you're from minnesota
0: yes and and you're from wisconsin
1: yeah i was gonna ask where you're from when you said bag earlier Mm -hmm.
0: um I am from Grand Marais, Minnesota, so, like, way up north.
1: Okay. Uh, oh, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which you know because I say Milwaukee, not Yes, No-Walky. I
0: do know. I'm, like, 45 minutes from the Canadian border, so that's how oh my God. far up, on right on yeah. Lake Superior.
1: The further up you get, the more that accent is just – it's funny because coming from the Midwest and moving to the East Coast – People would like, like growing up in Wisconsin and hearing a Canadian accent, I would laugh at it. Like, oh my God, they seriously talk like that. Then you move to the East Coast and people are like, oh, are you from Canada? I'm like, no, I'm from Wisconsin. <laughs> I was talking to my mom the other day and just hearing her say the word W-A-T-E-R. That is one of the words where you're like, I will find out where someone's from. I'm a Pisces. I'm a Pisces. Same. And I'm like, really? Yes. Do you know you're rising and your other thing? um Sagittarius and Libra okay um and do you know if those are fire or air or or, or earth wind and fire that's okay. oh.
0: <laughs> are we gonna start singing in September well,
1: <laughs> um I'm a Pisces a, a, with a Pisces um, other thing, and a Cancer moon. I'm guessing that's a Pisces with the Pisces rising and a Cancer moon. So I'm a oh, but no, but I actually found out that I'm not a Pisces, a double Pisces like I thought. I'm a Pisces Aquarius rising, and Aquarius is technically not what It's 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 an air sign, so I'm a double yep. water with an air. Um, so I'm very trans anyway. So I'm very transformative, and water takes the shape of its surroundings. So the first time I went to England, I was like afraid to talk because. I could not help a f- weird phony English accent would come out of my mouth and I couldn't help it. Oh so,
0: my gosh. Yeah.
1: I, I, I remember like I went you to a McDonald's. I'm so once. glad you're saying this. Why? Did you have the same experience?
0: Well, I just like also like, I feel like a, like a, like a parrot or something sometimes like I want to, when I hear something, I want to, I want to see if I can do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, keep so- going. Except for like an Australian accent or a Texas accent, there's certain accents I just know I cannot do. I, I was a character actor in a play about got 12 years ago, and I had to play a a um like a Jew, an old Jewish man, not necessarily old, but um I so I had to do a like legit. Yiddish accent. And I had someone who grew up in that like in like Crown Heights, Brooklyn, and she's like, Oh my god, I grew up with this accent. I can and she taught me the entire accent.
0: And I also learned
1: it from like an accent coach um, uh, tape. And people were like, and I'm that actor that when I'm in something, I'll go off stage for a moment, come back on as this character that I only do for that scene, then go off and become, you know, ensemble or whoever. Right. And people don't recognize, like my own friends come to see the show and they don't recognize that I was also that other person. Oh, like, oh, wow. I thought that was just some Shakespearean actor or some Yiddish man, whatever. Um, and that was actually before I became a drag queen, but it's kind of what I love about drag is I have the ability to put on makeup or put on a costume and I can like, just become a different person. Like I am cisgender. I'm not trans, but when I am in drag, mm-hmm. I am a woman. Like I just am. Um, yes. Unless there's like a hot guy in the audience, and then I'm very immediately reminded, like, oh, I'm a guy. I'm a guy. <laughs> but like, like there. I was I was doing um a, a high school play, a High School Musical. I don't want to say a High School Musical because now it sounds like we were doing a High School Musical. Yep, yep, absolutely uh, it does. We we're doing a we were doing West Side Story, and I was doing the Dream Ballet. And I really did not care for my partner. I adore her. At the time, I did not care for her for some reasons. So I was, <laughs> a second, meh. but in my mind, when we're on stage, I'm like, like it or not. When we're on stage, I am in love with you. I love like, you I so actually, much. this is my relate. This is the most important relationship in my life. Yep, absolutely. When I'm on stage, when I'm off stage, bye. <laughs> no, but um, so why was I saying that? Oh, yeah. So the accent thing. I'm getting better about finding my way back from like this the skinnier and skinnier branches on my tangents and that means the well working um Yay! which according to some vegan out there means i'm not vegan so um mm-hmm. but the, the water thing um so i take on my, my accent i can't help it. it it starts to shift to where i am so i now actually and i'm gonna say it weird because i'm thinking about how i'm saying it but if i say w-a-t-e-r i'm usually just gonna say water now that to me sounds normal, not water, right? Sometimes in New York, people will say water, like there's an R in it. I don't know why. And it just happens. And I have said it unironically, just not meaning to say it. it's like the first time my mom heard me say water and she's like, what did you say? And I'm like, water. And she's like, God, that sounds so gross. And I'm like, well, how are you supposed to say it? Like, it's Water. Oh my gosh. Oh my my. gosh. It's so real. It's so strident, isn't it? It just sounds like someone's just taken witch hazel to my ears. Like, okay, okay. It's water.
0: Yes. I, when I, so my mom is grew up in Georgia and Florida. And so only when she's like really tired, does a Southern accent come out, Uh. but you can't tell. But when her and I went to Georgia the first time to visit one of her siblings, I was, probably eight and it was the first time i'd been down there and georgia like that's a different southern than florida right like that's a different thing in terms of accent kind of thing and like
1: in terms of accent sure in terms of south yeah like you. and also (laughs) there's parts of florida that you can consider the south yeah
0: yes so then um we went down there and i don't really remember this because i was pretty young but i've been told that we called my dad one of the first nights we were there and i was like hey daddy and had this southern accent and my dad was like what's happening and my mom was like she just i don't know like she's just that's how she's talking now like <laughs> she's been here for a day and a half and i never connected it to like pisces and that like watery I thing the Water sign.
1: yeah water that's like so if you put water in a fishbowl it is now the shape of the fishbowl the fishbowl it, it takes on the shape of, of whatever it's so like I, do you notice that you're very affected by your environment <sighs>
0: understatement
1: (laughs) (laughs) this is therapy now well i also as someone with adhd i'm also affected by my environment um and i've been doing a huge decluttering and remodeling and putting up shelves everywhere (laughs) diy oh my so much i don't own stock in the container store uh, (laughs) because i don't do stocks anymore it's all about crypto but that's a different podcast um but uh as my apartment gets like if i'm ever staying in like a hotel or in someone else's home mm-hmm. and I wake up in the morning uh, and it's just a clean, tidy room there, there's nowhere that my eye is drawn to, Oh, that's right. I have to make a decision about that thing. Oh, I can't forget. that. Yes. The, oh my, did I not send that every, like I, I used to have a roommate who, Whether he meant it this way or not, he was like, things talk to me. He's like, the stairs are talking to me and they are yelling at me that they need to be scrubbed and vacuumed. Mm. And I'm like, okay. But I can kind of get what he means now in that everything, like, I think it was like 80% of the information we take in is through our eyes. And everything this is an, this is again everything i'm going to say is a different is a whole new Is a whole different podcast but <laughs> our entire experience of being alive only exists in language your experience yes. of yourself is a linguistic phenomenon helen keller for example and by the way speaking of intersectionality there i i love helen keller i feel like i love her enough that if i make a helen keller joke it's because i'm like i have I can't think of anyone I have more reverence for. The fact that this woman could never, I mean, has no memory of the time she was young enough when she still could see, but a woman who cannot see or hear, who grew up to to be one of the greatest philosophers and writers Mm -hmm. and who once said, if languages are the instruments of like the orchestra of humanity, Greek is the violin. And I'm like, How can Helen Keller know that? Like, how can she know? Can you imagine, like, sensing that with your brain without having ever used your ears? But anyway, 80% of the information that comes in is is visual. But everything we experience is word-based, language-based. If you've ever heard of or done The Artist's Way, Julia Cameron also talks about art is a language-based, a word-based... Uh, no, no. She says the opposite. It's a wordless language. It's an image-based language. Right. Even if our right. art is cha- chasing those images with words. Mm-hmm. Um Ooh, So chasing. art is image-based. I What's love that, that. Like chasing, chasing. them. With- yeah. I can't take c- c- credit. She says that herself. But um, uh, so, so, but that's a different. Uh, that's a different idea. That's the idea of art. I'm talking about our experience of life exists only in language. But here's the thing. Helen Keller before, and by the way, if we've seen the 1950s Patty Duke version of The Miracle Worker, um, <laughs> this is not a, a, a video podcast. So you can already see that I'm frustrated because I'm like, I, I'm touching both my eyebrows. But Helen Keller, do you remember that? Have you seen the movie or at least seen the it's scene been a, with the It's water been a while, but yeah. And she starts pumping the water in her hands and suddenly she gets it and drops the pitcher, rude, drops the yes. pitcher <laughs> and then she like starts signing and she says, Yep, yep 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 no bitch you've never heard the word water you've never heard anything you don't know how to sound out no <laughs> but i like how in 1950s we're dumb enough that like the audience won't get it you have to spell <laughs> it out for them and oh it's my literally god. i have to spell it out for them in a movie that is about someone having to spell things out for so- oh my god that is meta but anyway um uh, but not patty duke i'm sure he, she has her own story um helen keller has uh she has said that Before she got language, before language like descended onto her, she did not, like every life was just a whirling mass of sensations that were not connected in any way, they didn't mean anything, there was just feelings and, and smells and flavors, that was it, the whole world is feelings, smells and flavors. And like this hurts, that feels good. This is warm, but not even language to like. This is warm. This is cold. Just to like, discern, mm, or to, yeah. She said before, when she thinks back on that time of her life, there was no experience of herself as this is me. I am separate from the world. This woman here is my mother. This woman here is not my family, but she is my teacher. This is our home. Oh, this is my bet. There was no concept of, so without language, there was no experience of herself. There was no experience of her life. Wow. your life, what is your life? Your life, if you think of your life, you don't think of the smells, the tastes, the feelings. You think of the story about those smells and tastes and feelings. oh, I'll never forget it. I was in the Disney cruise. We went to this special restaurant. The chef made me something special for as a vegan there's it's all contextual so right right why was i saying that about about words i don't oh yes language so as 80 percent of the um information that comes into our uh brains is all all through our eyes it's still all filtered through language it's still all filtered through words That is as far back as I can walk the tangent. I forgot why I was out on that tangent.
0: Well, we were talking about, um, like waking up and seeing that there is like a clear space and oh, you
1: you so don't have ADHD, do you? (laughs) No, I don't. I don't even know what it's like to not have ADHD. Um, (laughs) you can probably kind of hear how my brain works as someone with ADHD. Like there's so much happening in my brain Mm -hmm. at once. I can only get so many words out. Um, but uh that's the thing so everything is visual right all 80 uh, percent of the information comes in is through our eyes and i could talk about the cognitive trade-off the fact that we've learned to rely on language we actually disregard a lot of information that comes in through our eyes which is why i think is it chimps have a photographic memory you can show them a sequence of dots or numbers for a split second and they can remember where all of them were whereas a human can't because they don't have a spoken language like we do that they've learned to rely on and so their brains have learned our brains have just learned to rely less on immediate short-term memory visual indicators because we're like I'll listen to this person's words and the tone of voice to get what you know if I'm in danger or not but um so, but anyway, looking around the room and seeing all of these things, every one of them is like, I have to fold those and put them back. Oh, that's right. Oh, I have to empty those baskets. And right, make decision right. Oh, so when I'm in a cluttered environment, which I still very much am because everything's still in progress, my mind can't rest and just create from nothing because yep. I never wake up to a clean slate. If yes. I wake up in like a hotel room, I'll wake up like, ah, it's a new day. You know what, I'm gonna write my morning pages. I wanna have a cup of coffee. I'm gonna sit by the window while I do it and just look out at the, and it's like suddenly I'm this whole other person. Mm. And so as much as I've been trying to work on myself I have found I actually have to start with my physical environment because it's almost like if I was my own goldfish, it's like, yeah, yeah. We can talk about your goldfish's health, but unless we talk about the health of the water it's in, like there's no point in giving it a gummy multivitamin.
0: I think we totally don't talk enough about our physical surroundings in terms of like our houses and our clutter and our, like our attachment to things and the connection it has to our mental health.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: that we have to talk about that more because it's so true. Like if I can tell in the morning the difference between me waking up with no dishes in the sink and waking up with dishes in the sink. Those are two mm-hmm. different experiences. It's on small, but it is like, oh, shit, I forgot to
1: do that. Have you ever heard of Fly Lady? Mm-mm the website is flylady.net though. I'm sure flylady.com exists as well. And she fly stands for finally loving yourself as in finally loving yourself through action. Like I think of love as a verb. So Mm -hmm, it's not about like, do you love me? Like, how do you feel about me? It's, it's about like, what am I doing for myself that demonstrates that love? Um, and She has like this 30 days of baby steps, which are essentially micro habits. So tonight, the only thing you're going to do on day one is um, make sure that there's no dishes in the sink before you go to bed and you're going to scrub the sink, the sink and what she calls shining the sink where you like you fill it to the absolute brim with a boiling water and one cup of bleach. You let that sit for an hour. You drain it. You scrub it with like a scouring cleaner and then you rinse that and then you spray it down with like window cleaner and you buff it dry with newspaper and she's talking about you get in there with dental floss and go around the corners of like the faucet and like or get a toothbrush to go around the little damn it sounds crazy once you've done it and you look at your sink and it's gleaming there's this mental lift and Mm -hmm. it makes you like well i want to keep this this way so then day two you just keep your sink spotless and like when I shine my sink, I will not only there's not just dishes in the sink, but I'm like there's also droplets of water in the sink. Like I need to wipe that because otherwise that will get dirty. Um, and then like day two, you just keep your sink shining, but then also uh, like pick the clothes that you're going to put on in the morning. Right. And then day three, you do those two things again, and you figure out what you're going to eat for dinner. This or, is amazing. Or, it's really great. With ADHD, for me, I've never been able to follow it because with ADHD, you can develop tools to cope, but mm-hmm. they only work so long as they are novel. Once the novelty mm. wears off, the tool kind of stops working. It's like, yeah, I was using that thing, but then it kind of like wore off and whatever. Um, so I've never really made it through the whole the whole system. Um, I've never really gave it my all but uh but, but yeah that's why for her she talks about starting with the kitchen sink and it's you're not wrong to talk about that like i think we all kind of talk about the kitchen sink and we don't know why but like it just it's it's kind of like the beginning of the health of our environment
0: that's so interesting there's probably some psychology there right like the sure. sink for sure represents something i'm yeah. i'm positive
1: oh i'm sure of that
0: um okay i want to go back before i forget yeah. Where are you on the spectrum of conscious and clueless right now in this moment?
1: I would say uh, more towards conscious just because of the nature of the things we're talking about. Um, I have a spiritual mentor. Uh, His name is John Oliver. No, not that John Oliver from the Daily Show. This John Oliver was John Oliver before that John Oliver. (laughs) Good distinction. He's John (laughs) J. Oliver. He doesn't, I don't think he has a middle name. So he just gave himself the letter J as a middle name, kind of like Homer. Um, He once told me, I think this is on the first time we ever met. He said, you are afraid of the pregnant pause. And immediately I started talking. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I think that's because, you know, like in my family, we all talk a lot and blah, blah, blah. He's like, you're afraid of the pregnant pause. And I recognize I'm supposed to stop talking for a minute and act like I'm listening. And I'm like, I feel like my skin is on fire. And I'm like, what is the pregnant pause? He's like, it's the moment when something's shared. Like, you can keep talking, but it's kind of like, you can keep chewing and putting food in your mouth, but it's not until you stop and swallow that, that you're like ingesting it Ooh. and digesting it. So, um, and yeah, I'm very afraid of the pregnant pause. I'm very afraid for that moment in conversation when there's just that lull. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Why is that so uncomfortable? Um, and uh, to, to that, he said to me, he's like, I want you to try something right now. And he said, tell yourself, like out loud. And actually, let's just try this ourselves. Let's do it. So, uh, Carly and Mm -hmm. listener, tell yourself out loud, I remember that I am sitting.
0: I remember that I am sitting.
1: Tell me about that. Tell me about your experience of what just happened when you said that. Did something shift
0: I became aware of where my body was hitting the ground, like where my, the awareness of my body and how is it supported by the ground that I'm sitting on.
1: When you remind your conscious mind, your it's, it, it's something about when you remind your conscious mind of something that you're subconscious of um, and you bring them into alignment. I, I've actually heard that once as definition of of meditation when you bring the conscious mind and the subconscious into alignment um oh i have a great book to recommend for you um have you heard of florence scovel shin no we'll get into it okay um thank god this is a seven hour long podcast right absolutely (laughs) we're here all day um, and i know that you do have somewhere to be at at a certain moment but um um but at any rate uh that for me was like the first way i had of just stopping myself and reminding myself like be be conscious be in this mm-hmm. moment like that stops me and centers me i remember mm-hmm. that i am sitting or walking through the city i'm i remember that i am walking i remember that i am breathing i remember that i am talking to carly right yes. now like This will be a memory one day, but right now it's happening. Have you ever said that to yourself when you're on a vacation? Yes. Oh, it's painful. Yes. Like Just be in this moment.
0: Even this morning, I found myself waking up. So I'm visiting my best friend and I got here on Saturday and I will be leaving on Saturday. And this morning I was like, oh, it's already Tuesday. I don't, I'm going to miss him so much. And then I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Do not pull yourself out of this moment.
1: Yeah. It's so hard. You know what you've kind of spoken to? And what I'm about to say is um, the category of knowledge that this falls into, in case people are wondering, uh, and this doesn't come from me. I'm not just this great thinker. Of course, this field of knowledge has given me access to great thinking. Right. Great. As Will Rogers said, no man's great who thinks he is. (laughs) Our president president might want to take a page from that book right now. Um, But, like, for example, um, psychology is the study of the mind. Um, Oncology is the study of cancer. Um, Biology is the study of uh, the body. Um, Scientology is bullshit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not not an ology. Um, But on... (laughs) Ontology. I'm so glad we got that established. Oh, isn't that, I, I don't know who needs to hear it. But... Yeah, I was just
0: going to say somebody needed that.
1: But um, ontology, which sounds enough like oncology, ontology is the study of being. So we take a human being. We understand the human part because we can take a human and cut one apart and yep. examine the human. And we're like, I know exactly how a human works. Do that with being. That doesn't even sound grammatically correct. What I just said, right? Like, right. How do we be? That doesn't sound grammatically correct, does it? Because it's not because our language is designed in such a way that it never even gets at the nature of being from a way that that's something that we are doing. Yes, like, it's so outside of our consciousness that we never, like, and our, and our language isn't even designed to give us access to that, like, how do we be? It's It sounds like I'm speaking broken English. How yes. do we be? How do we do that? And you kind of think, well, it just, just happens. It does not just happen. No. Like, how does a computer program be? Well, it's given by, and so in the study of ontology, um, there is all of the, and if anyone ever wants to like study this for yourselves google um uh landmark education or landmark worldwide or the landmark forum uh look you're at a landmark
0: right? graduate that's what yes. it's on your bio right i yes. didn't know what that yes. meant
1: and it's one of those things that like if you google it and go down the rabbit hole you're gonna think oh no it's this weird pyramid thing people want you to join and they try to get people to join legitimately like once you've done it you're like, why wouldn't I want everyone I love to have access to this because Mm. it's given me access to so much like power and freedom and it's opened up so much possibility for me. You get nothing, like, and actually, when I, I was so skeptical that when I joined, I'm like, "Hey, I got someone to, who wants to do it. What do I get?" They're like, you don't get anything. You get <laughs> the joy of your friend now has this. Like, what do you get out of telling your friend, "Oh my God, you have to go see this movie"? You don't get anything. All you get is the "Oh my God, I know, right? Wasn't that great?" And we are so stingy with each other. We're so stingy with each other we're so stingy with possibility that we can't believe a human being could be motivated by just wanting the other person to have a life that they love and Mm. Mm. for no other reason other than they love it. Um, But at any rate, so that, so doing their initial course, which is called a Landmark Forum, that is where I first kind of got access to this. But it reminded me when I was a kid, very DIY. When I was a kid, I was like six years old. I I was, my dad taught me like one line of computer code in basic was the name of the language. I kind of took it from there and like just taught myself the rest. It's like my oh. brother would bring home um, software from like college or wherever. I would interrupt the program. It's like you run the program, you can interrupt it, like kind of like force it to quit. And then while it's running, but you've interrupted it, you can type list and it will list all the code on the screen. Well, it goes by so fast you can't read it. But I found that if you put in this command, you can route it from the screen to the printer. So I would interrupt the program, reroute it to the printer, type list. I'm six years old. The printer, old dot matrix, connected perforated pages are printing off like a long banner of code. And I'm like, for D equals one to 1000, next D. I'm home.
0: fascinated by this. How is well, this and-
1: possible? Well, also, how is this relevant? And and I, if you're fascinated, no, I trust by this, that. I
0: trust. <laughs> I trust that.
1: Okay, good, good, good. you are really trusting. Um, but I'll tell you how it's relevant in a moment. But I would read these lines of code, and then I'd be like, oh, this basically causes, like, in in in. Um, oh, I don't know about consciously or or um, or confused. I, I or clueless. I don't know where I am on this part of that spectrum today um but some days words are on my side mm. and i have them some days they're not and it's like weather for me it's it's as if it's out of my control like well the barometric pressure is really high today so i can't find the right word and some days i'm like oh i can say all the things and i know exactly how to say it but anyway effectively in practice this line of code what I, what i was looking at what it did was it caused the computer to pause and then clear the screen. And so I was like, oh, well that could be useful when I'm doing this. Oh, that could be useful when I'm making a role-playing game and it's putting text on the screen and then it goes to the next paragraph and the next. Then I found the code that you can make graphics. Then I found the code that you can make sounds. And I was like seven or eight, my brother and I would pull all-nighters and we were making a graphic-based Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure video game on our computer. We never got past the opening sequence, but we made an opening animated sequence. It was awesome. Um, Anyway what i did in the landmark forum which is just essentially studying ontology the 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 science of being yeah is okay how do we be well how does that computer program be how does it exist well there's coding and then you run the script you run the program you run the the language and it operates accordingly in the study of being in on in an ontological study, I was able to stop the program in my mind. That is all the program that is like my software that gives me being. And I was able to actually recognize that there is such a program that that's not just me being there's a program running. Yes. Okay. Well, let's look at the language that is giving me that program. And then I can actually look at, Oh my God, this is what gives me being, for example, I am anxious. Wait, why well, am I an anxious? Oh, I am anxious because as I'm listening to this person, I am fearing, Oh my god, I'm wrong. Oh my god, I'm bad. Oh my god, they don't like me. Oh my god, I don't like the way that they're looking at me. Normally, you would just think, Oh, well, that person gave me a dirty look and they think less of me. You don't mm. know that they think that. There is a filter in your brain constantly filtering everything through a binary whether it's right or wrong good or bad I trust this or I don't trust this I like this or I don't like this um I'm trying someone's trying to dominate me I want to right. avoid dominating them or, or or avoid being dominated or I want to dump either wanting to dominate or avoid being dominated right there are all these dualities like all these light switch flips going back and forth and if you think about binary like a whole computer program is just a one a zero a one a zero so it's just in what order are my light switches flipped right now that is how i'm going to experience everything that's coming in if you don't know that that's there you just think well i'm just being i'm just being me i'm just listening to this woman and she's just and she i don't like her attitude she doesn't have an attitude your program is perceiving an attitude based on the conversation that's happening in your head that you don't realize is happening and once you actually learn how to see that, it never stops. Mm-hmm. But you, ha- but you can recognize that. Oh, that's the program that is running by default. Over time, with practice, you can learn to like re- like to upgrade that program. But yep. you will always have to recognize that it is there. And now, if I recognize that's there, I can. Like, for example, there was a moment with my dad where he said something that I thought was so problematic and hurtful and whatever, I couldn't even believe what he was saying. And I decided, all right, well, we're heading, I'm sure in Minnesota, you also say up north. We're going up north. <laughs> we we're heading up north to our lake house, which is in like the, um, the Northwoods of Wisconsin. Four-hour car drive, an hour into the drive, we have this argument. I blow up at him and I decided, okay, well, silent treatment. I'm just not talking to you anymore. So for three hours of a car trip, just silence. I even got a phone call from someone in recovery who wanted me to sponsor them. And I had to field that entire conversation, like, and then return to just not talking. Like I had that in front of my dad and then just went back to not talking. Despite what my dad said, I recognized that my dad started what he said by saying, You know, Ben, I know that you're probably not going to want to hear this, but what I believe is, and then he said mm. what he believed. And I recognized that what I did in that conversation was I made it clear to him that it is not, fr- you're not free to say whatever you think around me. If you say the wrong thing, I am going to absolutely kill you off and make you feel as bad as i possibly have the power to do so so i recognized in that moment i owe my dad an apology immediately yeah. what came out from me was i can't apologize to him. do you know what he said he is so in the wrong i can't apo-. and in that moment i was able to see okay well what matters to me is my relationship with my dad giving him asylum treatment does not further that intention of us being close and connected that's what i want to create with my dad being close and connected that does not create that. It actually does the opposite. Okay, so what's an action I would take right now that would further that intention with my dad? And I'm like, ugh, apologize. And then I was like, wait, why ugh, Where, Where in me yeah, is that totally. negative response to that? And I saw it. That duality that we all have, ultimately, all of that, this is right, this is wrong. That's good, it's bad. I trust this, I trust this. I like her, I don't like her. Ultimately, all of that is designed for one greater purpose, for one great binary, one great on or off switch. And if you can't remember all of those others that are there, remember this one. Looking good or avoiding looking bad. That's it. Everything in your life that you say that you do or that you don't say or don't do is ultimately governed by your need to look good or your need to avoid looking bad however many million years of evolution or thousands of years of evolution you know that's still there we're still a pack animal and we won't survive left alone with if the pack rejects us so we're always going to be watching for like okay am i separate from the are they looking at me bad or do i do i look bad to people do i look good to people it's 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 just always there and it has no way to manifest itself because we're not actually in the forest being chased by a bear. I don't actually need my pack. If, if the pandemic has proved anything to me, I can quite happily live alone in this apartment for six months. Um, but, or God, seven, anyway. Um, but, it, that, but it has nowhere to play out. So it plays out everywhere in our day to day. And I recognized in this moment, the reason, and you can t- finish the sentence for me, the reason I can't apologize to my dad is because if I apologize to my dad, I will what? You'll look bad. I'll look bad. And then I thought, okay, what matters to me? My relationship with my dad or looking bad in front of my dad? And I thought, my dad has seen me in much more embarrassing yes. situations. I can certainly apologize to him. I can, I can look bad. If or or risk looking bad if it will help my relationship with my dad. So I went and I apologized. I'm like, hey, I apologize for the way I treated you. I made it so clear that it's not safe to share with me and I'm not giving you space to be yourself. And thank you for never treating me that way because if you treated me that way, I'd be crushed. I would never forget it. And he was so forgiving. And so a lot of things I don't know how to be. Um, mm. ugh, and I'm kind of having a fight right now with my mom and I have to, I'm going to go to my dad for, uh, help with it. Cause I want to, rather than waiting for it to get to my dad, which I'm sure I know it's already gotten back to him. <laughs> and I know that he's going to write me an email or give me an ultimatum or whatever. I just want to go to him I'm like, dad, I need your help. I'm trying to yeah. talk to mom. Here's how it went. Like, can you help me with this? Um, because they talk about racism and ultimately I hate this, but you have to meet people where they're at and and with issues of social justice, like I'm having a conversation with my mother expecting that she knows the name Breonna Taylor, expecting she knows the name Emmett Till, expecting that she understands what redlining was, that she understands black wall street, that she understands every time they have anything of their own, we burn it down, we steal it, we condemn it. You know, I've, you know, my, before I lived on my own, because I won the affordable housing lottery, which people always say, what is that? I'm like, well, it's like a lottery for housing. That's Affordable. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, but before, before that, I lived with my best friend, um, who, as people might know, if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race, my best friend is my drag mother, uh, and, and her name is Bob the Drag Queen. She won season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race, mm-hmm. so spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. We lived together for four years. She was, and still is, Black. So that, for me, <laughs> was such an eye-opener because I realized in the moment, I'm like, I have Blackness in my home every day and it forces me to confront things I've never just I've yeah. never had to live with yeah like, this is so stupid but like I picked up one of his makeup sponges one day and I'm like what happened to his makeup sponge because mine when I use makeup sponges everything kind of looks this orangey coal coral color but his were like brownish black and I'm like what happened oh that's the color of his foundation I I mean, the things that yes. were new to my mind, yeah. it was Im- it's embarrassing for me to admit that. It was embarrassing for me to think of things I asked him, things I had to ask, things I had to be stopped and told about. Yes. And I have to realize my mom has never had that experience. And now that they're retiring, basically, they spend—they come down to Milwaukee for like a couple days a week. And then they go back up to the Northwoods of Wisconsin. And that's it. They, she does not have blackness in her day-to-day life she doesn't have that in her experience she cannot turn on the news and understand that like i mean the the one of the biggest eye openers if i could just if someone could just trust me and i could tell them one thing i would just tell them listen to and trust black people and their experiences when they tell you their experiences because that's the thing we've never done and it's the thing that if we could just listen and not have that conversation running in our head that says, that's wrong. I don't trust that. I don't believe that. That can't be true. Well, if that's true, then that's saying that I'm a bad person. Because the whole conversation with my mom was like, How could you say that about your cousin? She's a wonderful person. She, she's a nurse and she gives her her, she you know, would give the shirt off her back and blah, blah. And I'm like, yes. And she's saying racist things. Yep. And, when I, and I'm like, if you say, well, if people don't want to be shot by the police and they just shouldn't break the law, that's, and my mom's like, well, I shared that too on Facebook. I'm like, and that's racist. And the problem with talking to my mom is she's so wrapped up in this conversation that to her, the way that conversation runs is it's all, it centers everything around, am I a good person? And so in questioning racism, she's making it about, am I a good person? Now, I cannot tell my mom, like, you're centering yourself in this conversation. This isn't about, she's not there. She can't hear that. All she's hearing is, oh, I'm an even worse person right now. Why is my, why does my son think I'm a bad person? I keep telling him I love him. And I'm telling her, you can keep telling me that you love me all you want. That doesn't mean anything. And I will argue you don't love me because when your action is you vote against my human rights every time you have the, the choice to, and you do that, I'm going to tell you, you don't love me. And if you think you love me, your love is meaningless to me. Mm. And well, I'm sorry, not meaningless, worthless to me. Yeah. Um, I can say that to you because you're not my mom on the phone with me right now. Uh, but like I have, but like even that, that's what I want to express to her. That's yeah. not how she's going to get that. Yeah, I have to recognize she's in pre-kindergarten in terms of this conversation. I, if I'm going to go there with her, I have to be willing to be that patient. I have to be willing to do that much heavy lifting. I have to be willing to put in that much time. Think about how much time it took for me to get where I am today. And I had to kind of get there from just kind of figuring it out myself. No one sat me down and told me. Right. If my mom would let me sit her down and tell her, I could hopefully get her there faster, but she would have to trust me Right. And when she can't trust me. She's like, w- 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 one of the disagreements was, well, cops aren't just out here killing black people for no reason. I'm like, they literally are though. She's like, no, they're not. And I'm like, if you can't trust that my life experiences have shown me things that your life experiences. have Yeah. Yeah. If you can't trust that, then nothing I say is going to matter. So I also can't go into certain things I want to go into. And you know, and you can hear it from talking to me. The way, my, the way my mind works is like, I have 30 points that I'm going to make at once. And I need you to hold, like for every point that you make, I have 30 I need to make. So yes, you've had your turn to say your one thing. Now it's right. my turn to say my 30 things. Right.
0: Actually, this is a good tie-in, I think, to veganism in my own experience or just anything where you like learn And you, your awareness is opened up and I wasn't born vegan, right? Like not many people are, it's happening more and more, but I had to get there, right? On this journey. Actually, you had to get back. I had to get back. Because we were born vegan. Yes, yes. And then
1: we were immediately, yeah, but but, go on.
0: Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) I love that. So I had to get back and- I have found myself and recently thinking about it more and more, and I'm not trying to equate veganism with blackness, but I just mean in terms of like learning things that we didn't know before. Right. All of a sudden in my immediate, I went vegan. I was so confused by why everybody in my life was not instantly listening to me and also being vegan. Oh my God. I just was like, no guys, I understand what I'm talking about. I why are you not like clicking in here? Why don't you trust me? And that is not how it works because that is not how it worked for me.
1: Right. So right. why
0: am I suddenly thinking that it's going to work for all the people in my life? It doesn't make sense.
1: And there is that well why aren't they trusting me? Why aren't they listening to me? That's also i could go into a whole conversation here about uh woke culture and cancel culture and quote unquote being too pc i don't believe there's any such thing as being too pc how can you be too correct you can't what you can do is weaponize pc culture against anyway in that way that you know i've just hinted at um people will say well you're centering yourself don't talk to people that way uh and i will and, and after this podcast i'm gonna go on continuing to talk people that way on the internet because i i am a dick <laughs> on the internet um and i finally if you know christopher sebastian uh, uh, vgn news um i hmm. love that on his patreon he's like i'm creating like education and pettiness and i'm like thank you for just acknowledging that what we do is we is we revel a little bit in in being petty. And yes. I'm like, as a drag queen, I think I'm gonna allow myself that because I so look up to and appreciate Colleen Patrick Goudreau that I I forget that that doesn't mean I have to be her, because my mm. mind is always looking for, okay, well, who is right? And if I have to pick someone I'd say well she's the one who's right like you yeah. can't be writer yeah, than Calvin yeah. Patrick Goudreau that does not mean that I have to be her and I have to take her approach some people after hearing her are going to need the drag queen who's gonna let them decompress and whatever and blah 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 um and uh but anyway, there, there is that, there is that um, centering of ourselves when we hear that and we think, oh, why can't they trust me? Or why don't they, if they trust, if they trusted me, they'd be vegan. If they loved me, they'd be vegan. It's just not about us. And yes, it's not, and in that moment that, you know, I think the first time I ever even heard the word vegan, it's because like some angry gluten-free lesbian from Brooklyn was asking mm-hmm. at some at some indie coffee shop uh, like about of the scene spoon. you've painted
0: is just like so so good
1: and to everyone in in any of those communities like you're welcome for me uh using your identity to to paint a caricature um but uh i i did like i don't remember any of this you know how like you're like i don't remember any of it I remember 5% of it, but here's how it happened in my mind. Mm -hmm. I just remember like, well, are they vegan about some like muffin or something at a coffee shop? And it wasn't asked in a way of like, oh, wonderful. And can I ask, is that, is it a vegan muffin? Oh, what I mean by that is, does it contain any animal ingredients like dairy or egg or butter? If I had heard it expressed with a loving intention and i don't mean so much an intention i'm trying to find there is a dance i'm doing between finding in conversations is there good faith in this conversation am i dealing mm. with someone who has good faith in me mm. and in this conversation and isn't it so easy to if you if you if, if you can distinguish that that light switch is there right then you can suddenly ask yourself in a conversation like oh that's what feels yucky and stifling and entrapping about this conversation is this person doesn't have good faith. If I suddenly say the right thing, I don't think that they're gonna say, yes, bingo, that's it. It, But now, now what do you see? Now that that's, they're gonna be like, yeah, and that's why, blah, blah, like, okay, there's not good faith. And I don't feel that the intention behind it is to educate me, the intention is to shame me. Um, which is another form of educating, but it's like, I'm going to educate by like making you feel bad rather than like, I'm going to educate like lovingly. So because of that, that was my first association of veganism. Now, is this anything to do with, well, if I trusted her or well, if I knew her, it's just that I wasn't sent. Oh my God. I'm working this out in my head for the first time. Like I wasn't sensing, I wanted to say I, I wasn't sensing love and positivity, but I guess Human beings are motivated by possibility. Like everything Mm. is about, do I see a possibility for myself in this? And there's a term that I learned um, in doing the Landmark Forum. This is an ontological term. There's a lot of terms that they use that are just, they're plain English, but they're not the way that we would use them in everyday speech, but they use the term enroll. Now, when we think of enroll, we think of signing up for something. Think of that in a different way. To enroll someone is to create a possibility to be present for them such that they are moved, touched, and inspired by that possibility. You see what I mean? Like even that is in, even that are you enrolled in that? Like, yes, I am. I now see a possibility I didn't see before you just said that. And I am moved, touched, and or inspired Moved, as in, I no longer stand over here. I now stand with the animals. I have a different stance. Or touched, as in, you have touched my humanity. Or inspired by like, ideas, ideas, ideas. Yes. Has that happened as a result of that? So that's enrolling someone. Everyone is motivated by enrollment. Either I'm enrolled in what you're saying or what you're creating, or I am not enrolled in it. And if I'm not enrolled in what you're doing or being or creating or saying, I'm not gonna take any action on it. Taking an action is registration. There's I'm enrolled and there's I am registered. Like, like, uh, uh, like uh, oh my God, I'm enrolled in you talking about veganism is like, oh my God, I see. Like I've never even considered the animals feelings for their children. I'm registered is I am now vegan. Today's day 1 of vegan. Okay, let me look over this menu. Help me with this menu because I don't know what to order. So what do I how, how do I get this then? That is I'm I'm enrolled and I'm registered.
0: So how did you become registered? How did you become vegan?
1: Uh, well, I my spiritual mentor, John Oliver, every yep. time we meet, there is some lesson. You know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear oh my God, I'm fine. I'm, I'm just thinking I should force that one on my mom. I'm like, this conversation wouldn't Ooh. be here unless you were ready for the lesson. Don't talk to people like that, Ben. Yes, um, maybe but, reframe
0: a little bit, but yeah. the the sentiment is right.
1: Yeah, uh, but... Uh, he taught me about fasting. I had done the master cleanse, which if you aren't familiar with it by that definition, people also call it like the lemonade diet, the Beyonce oh. diet, the whatever it's, you know, um, <laughs> cayenne pepper, lemon juice and yep. maple syrup. And that's all you eat. And I love not, it doesn't work for everyone. I love it. I could just be on the master cleanse for three months. And I'd be like, Oh, I think I don't have to think about food. I don't have to stop. And oh, like, interesting. Week, I got to juice some lemons. That's it. Well, after doing that, I noticed that I was like in pain when I went back to eating. Now it's probably because I didn't ease my way in. Right, I just right, right, went right. for it and ate big full meals. And he's like, if you switched to a raw vegan diet for like 90 days after that, you would. And I already I'm like, that's not the way to talk to me." <laughs> uh, forget raw. And even as a vegan, I'm like, don't talking about 90 days of being raw. I'm just not here for it.
0: From being from Minnesota and Wisconsin too, when it's like cold in winter, I'm like, don't talk to me about raw food. Give me some soup. Ah, and I know. Shout out to TJ Long.
1: I know. A yes. Yep. Vegan.
0: Yes, you know TJ. He just, he just moved to Cook County, and he's a fourth grade teacher in Grand Murray
1: So, uh, a guy. So, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Vegan. Um, yes. And. uh he mentioned veganism and here was where I was like, okay, this student is not ready anymore. Mm-hmm. I will never be ready anymore. We're done. We've reached an impasse. I can't do vegan. I thought back to that angry lesbian, hippie, gluten-free Brooklyn girl, whatever, <laughs> not girl, young young lady. I'm trying to, like, young woman, I'm trying to stop saying girl. I'm like, okay, is she 18 or older? Or like arguably like 15 or 16 or 17? Like you know, I, how, do you de- how do you decide when someone's a woman? Um, but uh we would never say like oh yeah you want to open a bank account great talk to the boy behind the counter you would be like boy that's just gross I'm uncomfortable that mm-hmm. you said that but like mm-hmm. talk to the girl behind the counter what we it's the the our experience of ourselves our experience of life only exists in language how we language ourselves how we language each other how we language our life shapes what we think See shapes what we see, what we ex- think that we're dealing with shapes how we experience one another. You keep calling women girls, we're gonna keep seeing them not as adults, not yes, as. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And not all Ew. women agree with me on that. They're like, "Listen, I'm 60. Please call me a girl, huh?" I'm like, "Oh, okay, fine." But you know, um, it's it's like our, how we you want to transform your world, transform your word. Language does not only, we we think language describes. If I said to you, language has one job, language describes things. Wouldn't you kind of conclude after thinking about it, you're like, well, yeah, that's kind of all language does, right? It just describes things. Well, why, what did we call it in 1776, colonization and blah, 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 screw America. Um, But Mm -hmm. what did we call, when we wanted to have independence, what document did we write? The blank of independence. What was it called?
0: The declaration of independence.
1: Why was it not called the description of independence or the definition of independence? Well, because there was no independence to we couldn't describe our independence. We didn't have it. Right. So what did we do? We declared it. To declare is to create something with speech. For example, hmm. I now declare you legally wed. You are you you can talk about it, you can plan the wedding, you can throw the wedding, you can be there walking down the aisle in the dress. You're not married until the officiant says, I now declare you husband and wife. Yes. That's the moment that you know, wh- where's the moment a, a, a girl becomes a woman? I don't know. I can tell you the moment a bride becomes a wife. It's the minute she's declared wed by the officiant. Um, so language does not just describe our world. It also creates our world. I have to realize, and here's what I need to tell myself before calling my mom on Thursday. Mm-hmm. The more I say my mom is, you know, this, I don't want to use the adjectives. The more I say my mom is this and she's a that and she's a that. Well, then the more it's true.
0: Yeah. You manifest I, it.
1: I'm manifesting that and I will continue to find evidence to support. The more I say that, the more I've created that, the more I will see it because it's literally what I'm creating. And the more evidence I will have to support that I'm right. If I changed my word and I started saying my mom is patient and loving and understanding and like generous with her listening, If I just describe her that way and just think of her that way and just relate to her that way on the phone call, I'm going to move mountains rather than, and I have to remember that on Thursday when we talk again.
0: So much of what you are describing, because I've been getting into more and more this idea of manifesting and it, I love it. Like it feels like it's helped me to like move through things. It's helped me to create things. It helps me feel like I'm in control of things, but also to like trust the, con- like, I don't know. I just have been feeling like it's a really good place for me. And a lot of the conversations we've had feel like they teeter into that land of manifestation and that conversation.
1: Um, uh, Because I'm not going to uh go into this whole tangent and have time for it Mm -hmm. there's a book that you need to read now there's the name of the book and then there's the name the book there's the name of the book and then there's the name of the book that the book is in okay um there is a book called the wisdom of florence Scovel shin and it is a collection of four of her books okay i've never even finished reading the first one because ADD. yep But the first one is called The Game of Life and How to Play It. You can actually find this book online. Like, I think it's in the public domain now. When I read this, I thought, wow, this is some new agey. Like, has she been on Oprah? (laughs) This woman died, like, in, like, the 30s or 40s, I think. Oh, damn. Like, this is an old book. It was written in, like, 1920s. Okay. And... It's what we would today lump in with and call metaphysics, but I don't do that with this book because to call it metaphysics is to yeah, yeah, it into yeah. this category of, yeah, 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 I already know this. This is like this. And that's a thing, that's a linguistic trap our brains use in how they operate. It's easier it's easier to learn things. So it's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just like this. Oh yeah. That's just like this other thing that I know. And we can fit things into what we already know. And it's easier to learn and memorize them. But that's also an obstacle because it's like, you're just like my ex-boyfriend. Well, I'm making you like him because my mind is doing that because it's, You're always looking for, this is similar to that. When you stop doing that, you're like, oh, this is its own thing. Then you really get the power of it. You really get the experience of it. But um, her book, The Game of Life and How to Play It, uh, it's a must read. When I first moved to New York, I dated a guy. um, His mother was actress Jean Vanderpile, the original and only voice of Wilma Flintstone.
0: Oh wow! So David
1: Wilma Flintstone's son.
0: Totally. Um,
1: and she gave him this book, and it was a very important book to him. And he gave me this book, and I have given this book as gifts. Um, for those with ADHD, you can actually read the book on YouTube. Like, it'll there's a someone who will like read it Ooh. and put like a paragraph at a time on the screen with some colorful background. Um, but the game, the, the the game of life and how to play it, basically talks about like how you you create your word the world with your word if you want to manifest things you need to understand there's your conscious mind your subconscious mind and your super conscious mind now in a moment i'm going to come back to how i became vegan uh, because i have i have to finish that story i'm doing with my hands what i call bookmarks so i'm like bookmark okay bookmark that so this bookmark is I, how do I, yes! okay, I do that too yes i do that too i was just Not- looking
0: at the time i was like i literally feel like we could do a part two
1: I I, I'd be up for it I'd be very up for it because I also realized I never told the listeners like who I am or what I'm about but I'll mention that that's that's the next I was just
0: thinking that too like there's so much I want to get into I am adoring talking to you like I always I always say and not that it's not truthful but I always say like oh I could talk to these people forever because I love doing this but I'm literally like I just want to talk about this shit with you all day
1: And I'm really enjoying um, and getting value out of this conversation personally. Like there is something about the way that you're the inquiry that you are. I I say that you are as a fact of your being right. Rather than Mm. the inquiry that you're in, like it's a thing that you're experiencing. No, you are being an inquiry. The inquiry that you are is a very inviting space for Mm -hmm. me to like come into and play and wonder and speculate because my inquiry, like our inquiries are sort of like aligned and it's kind of, I I love collaboration because if you've ever played Mario 64, there's this scene (laughs) where the only way to get up this wall is there's two narrow walls and you can wall jump back and forth between them. Well, try doing that when there's one wall. I mean, good luck getting up the wall. Maybe you can do it. (laughs) What an image. In Bonk's Adventure, which is made for the TurboGrafx, you can get up a wall by chewing. Like he's like a caveman and he uses his huge head, but he'll bite into a wall and then chew his way up the wall. Well, it's not as easy as this wall jump back and forth. Yeah. Um, Ms. Ms. Cracker, my other drag sister, she mm-hmm. was on season 10 of Drag Race. Um, and then uh, recently she was on All-Star season five. She helped me create a number of mine that she was helping me with and she was performing in the number with me. I came up with the idea mostly by myself, but the minute she came over and I'm talking it out with her, she's like, oh yeah, and then you could, oh, and then what about, oh, and what about, the number was done in 10 minutes. Whereas on my own, it could have taken a month, like things that yes. would take me uh, two months when I'm um, collaborating, it'll it'll happen in 10 minutes. So yes. that's what I love about these conversations together. Um, so I'll quickly get back to um, uh, Florence Goldbushin. If you've seen the movie, Charlie's Angels, there's, mm-hmm. a, a, there's a scene where they have to make a key and they take this thing. that's like a clamshell, but it's filled with clay and they put the key in it and they p- press it and it pushes the key down into the clay and makes an impression of the key. In my mind, the key, like the key or that level is the conscious mind. It's the thing that you're pointing your mind at right now. Your subconscious is the clay. It's the thing you how it's the thing you impress you impress your subconscious mind with your conscious mind so what are you conscious of what are you speaking whether it's out loud or in your actions or in your being or in your relationships what are you creating with your word who are you being um that is how you impress your subconscious mind so for example if i'm like Eating right and and, and and buying my own food, but the whole time I'm kind of thinking about how I'm I I I never stick with anything, and uh, I'm just fat, 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 fat. I'm going to impress the subconscious mind with um with the idea that this is how it's going to work out in the yes. end. The subconscious mind, it's uh, how does she say it? She's and I'm going to get this wrong in a way. Um, But the subconscious mind just takes things literally, It, it, it works them out as if they're marching orders, it doesn't question what we're feeding it like oh well you didn't mean that it has no sense of humor it has no sense of irony yes it's 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 like a computer program that like if you typed into the computer program like, okay blow up world sends haha the computer program is not gonna be like you don't mean that it's gonna be like blow okay up world that's that's what it does so that's how the subconscious works and then the super conscious mind i kind of forget how to explain that one so i'll just say if you're interested the super conscious mind is like the god conscious mind it's kind mm. of like how we then let it come back down like getting it down on the page letting it speak to that like connection to
0: source kind of thing
1: yeah so the game of life and how to play it will kind of better describe that um i can wrap up the john oliver story and how i became vegan and i'm happy to do a part two and talk more about it um with uh john oliver he when as soon as he said um vegan i remembered thinking oh i could never go vegan I heard myself say I could never, and I got defensive. I'm like, "What? what is it I could never do? Like, well, says who? Oh, says me. <laughs> what do I know? Don't tell me what I can't do. And he gave me this book called The Face on Your Plate by, I don't know how to pronounce it, Jeffrey Moussaif Massan, Mama, Mama, Mama say, Mama say, whatever. Yep, 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 um, yep, 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 You'll, you'll find it <laughs> if you Google it. Um, it's not a gross or graphic or scary book. It's just so terribly sad. Mm-hmm. And it reconnected me with who I was eating. And okay, chickens, you're eating chickens. In nature, here's what a chicken would do if they had the day off and they were free. Well, they would probably dust bathe because it's how they get the oil out of their feathers. They sunbathe, they'll stretch one arm at a time, one wing at a time, and they'll soak up the sun. Um, they like music. They Here's how they are with their... Once I realized the, the, the idea that a chicken in a cage does not have enough space to like turn around or like spread their arms i imagined if you've ever had someone jokingly pin your elbows down at your side and you want to move your arms but you can't or you're in a crowd or you're in oh that just made my
0: whole body like
1: right for a second imagine that's your whole life i could i i didn't even saying oh i can't even imagine i don't even want to think about it Is the privilege i have as a human in opting out of that reality like oh i opt out of that reality i do not want to even think think about it that chicken that pig they have to live it every minute of every day Mm -hmm. and when i realized to whom i was doing that pinning their arms down at their side i just realized like that that but that's not me who i have known myself my, my whole life taking that action, causing that does not further my intention of being the person I say I get to be. It's inconsistent. So if the action I need to take to be who I think I am is to stop it, I can stop that. I went vegetarian for six months uh, and then went, went vegan. Like That's its own whole story if I tell yes, that. Yes, we will get so into I, it in part two. I think I have two. a minute left. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to quick Say. So hi, let me introduce myself. So Ben Strothman here, uh, host of Big Fat Vegan Radio. Um, I am known as Honey LeBronx, the vegan drag queen. So you can check me out at vegandragqueen.com. At the moment we're recording this, my podcast, uh, my, my uh, website is down for whatever reason, vegan drag queen. But um, I'm known as the vegan drag queen. So I have a cooking show on YouTube. Uh, I also am known for, I I travel the world doing my one woman drag show as a fundraiser for local uh, LGBTQ organizations and animal rights organizations. And now given the political climate, I want to open that up a bit and start doing it for like, you know, uh, uh, black organizations, women's organizations. Um, Mm -hmm. I am a stand for peace in the Middle East and I make no, I, I, I make no apologies for, I am proudly pro-Palestinian human rights and dignity. So doing uh, doing fundraisers for organizations that help them as well. Um, so uh, to date, I have done 111 fundraiser shows. Uh, wow. In 73 cities in five countries, benefiting 148 organizations. Uh, I love statistics so much I became one, uh, and I love spreadsheets. You, anyone can call me at any hour. And be like, can I talk to you about spreadsheets for a minute? I'd be like, that's like porn to my ears. Um, but I have raised to date, and of <laughs> course, all of this stopped uh, in 2020. But I've raised 44,000. 000- Forty-one oh, dollars, just over forty-four thousand dollars for for charity, um, which pales in comparison to what a lot of people have done. But hey, no, it's, it's f- what hey I've done just, thank you for that work. Oh, it's my pleasure. And hey, nothing in life is completely selfless. Right. I have created a an opportunity for me to travel the world, doing what I love. And getting better at doing what I love by doing it all the time and and in a way that that uh, that puts money in my pocket and raises money to, to create the difference I want to make in the world. So um, but, you know and I also uh, do speeches um, uh, uh, and and MC veg fests and things like that. so you'll see me a little bit sometimes on the on the vegan event uh, circuits. Um, and yeah, and I could say so much more about that. Um, but I'll end just by saying, uh, I'm a huge fan of Bjork. I speak Icelandic and I have like 60 or more essential oils. That's a beautiful way to end. Not young living or any of that multi-level marketing. I just buy original, like just, I want basil oil. Okay, great. I want hyssop oil. I just buy them individually. I don't buy like blends and stuff. I make my own DIY. Yep. (laughs) Even with oils. There was something that this whole thing was going to bring um, full circle. And I don't know if I did it, but it was something about the consciousness and recognizing that like being conscious in this moment, and like, I don't know. I'm just going to assume that it, com- it all completes not with whatever the next thing is that I say. It all completes in the listener's mind. I will let their minds finish my thoughts for me. (laughs) Perfect.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Honey LeBronx as much as I did. And I cannot wait to share with you part two of our conversation. If you are enjoying this podcast, hit subscribe wherever you're listening. And if you want to help me get this into the ears of more listeners, Send it to a friend, text it to a family member, share on social media, whatever you can do, I greatly appreciate And if you want to be mentioned on air and read as a review of the week, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and you might hear it in next week's Sunday solo episode. Until next time.